You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Well, here we are again at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's time for Mission Log Live. And we're discussing Lower Decks, Season 2, Episode Five. Can you believe that? Episode five. If you can see my hand, an embarrassment of Dopplers. And we're also going to be discussing all the things or most of the things that happened on Star Trek Day, which streamed last week in between John and Ashley and doing Mission Log Live and then this week's show tonight. So before things get outrageous and O'Connor starts spinning freestyle, know what I'm saying? Everyone out there, give a warm Dupler welcome to my co-host for this evening, the lovely, the talented, and she's here, Ashley V. Robinson. What's up? Don't embarrass me or I will duplicate and there will be twice as much chaos as there normally is. You say that like like it's a bad thing. (laughs) I don't know. There's be too much energy in one room. And remember, sweet friends, that you want to line up your live calls with Earl, don't embarrass him. But if we duplicated him, we could do like twice as many shows and that would be super sick. He's Mm. standing by to let you into the Earl Gray room. That's almost a joke that works. Mm. Just click on the Zoom meeting link. Use the one tap from your smartphone or give us a ring at 669-900-6833. Someone online told me I said that number too fast. Then enter the meeting code and the password and we will let you into all of this magic. It's so funny that you say you say it too fast because I say it too wrong most of the time, which I'm glad that you said it correctly so that people (laughs) can actually dial in. (laughs) So uh, let's take a look at the chat here. What I love about the Mission Log chat is that even before we start, you know, we let people kind of like into the chat room here and uh, everyone's just firing on all. So it's like the chat's dupling duplering itself right i don't know there's no effect for it this feels appropriate to me so i think that if i wanted to basically like eliminate the chat i'm just gonna have to start berating the chat room like you guys are terrible what are you saying (laughs) i don't have to listen to any of you but no we don't want that we want quite the opposite of that so let's say hello to oh who's first who gets the first bingo ball that would be one of our pauls paul Wright. what's up man hey Good job, Paul. Wow, look at this. I should be hitting slot machines because number two, we have Paul Harvath. That's two Pauls. Two Pauls for the price of two Pauls. There we go. So we Paul's duplered right there in the chat yeah. room. But more importantly, we have Elizabeth here coming in on third uh, just because like people like saying first. We have Scott. Um, let's see. Uh, let's scroll down the line. John Arminio. I like saying that name because it sounds very, uh, very sexy. Kingly. Mm-hmm. It is kingly. Uh, Michael. Uh, let's see here. Alan Simmons, uh, bring your A game today, man. We need you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Captain Mike Richards. What's going on, Mike? Matthew. And scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Dominic, good to see you. Matt Esposito. What's up, man? Dave Taylor and Chris Riker. So Al many Simmons, familiar names. You know? What is it like sharing a name with Spawn? That's pretty cool. Oh, oh you're d- going deep. Deep yeah. comic, huh? yeah, yeah, Spawn. Yeah. It's my deep comic book cut for today. <laughs> so image. <laughs> there is definitely a Spawn action figure on that shelf. I don't think I don't know if you can see it or not, but there is one. <laughs> I mean, I miss Spawn from back in the good old days of like 1990s, like you know, Wizard Comics and the Birth of Image. We'll get to that later in a completely separate <laughs> podcast of fun. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us here in the chat. I just want to let you, Ashley, and let the chat know what's going to be coming up this week because it's yes. been busy. 
Um, I almost kind of wish that John and I could kind of dupler ourselves uh, because there's so much going on with Mission Log Lives. Okay, so next week uh, we have you coming back for episode six. We're already past that magical or kind of, you know, I don't know, not so magical because we don't want it to end halfway point. No, it's, it's kind of sad. You're not wrong. Right? So we'll have you back on that, uh, which will be happy, not sad. Uh, but may there may be a tear or two as we start closing in on the uh, back <laughs> half of the season. On this week's mission log that's dropping this Thursday, we're going to have uh, Deep Space Nine's Once More Unto the Breach. Uh, it's the one where Kor returns and is one of John Colicos's last screen performances. So please be sure to tune in to that. And just to let the Patreon subscribers know that um, we had to do some schedule shifting around. So we will be recording this week's show, The Siege of AR-558, on Wednesday night. And it will be released on Thursday morning along with the Thursday drop for the podcast. So we literally duplered ourselves for Thursday, which is a good thing. You're going to get two mission logs on Thursday if you are a Patreon subscriber. If you're not a Patreon subscriber and you would like to join us on the Discord there, make sure you visit patreon.com slash mission log, and then you'll be able to get all that, as John so eloquently puts it, expurgated content, which is a (laughs) fancy Latin-y word for unedited, I think. Yes. And uh, one other thing that I need to get, and this is a little bit of housekeeping, and uh, uh, John uh, updated me right before we started the show. We'll be posting a listener survey on Facebook and Twitter, and it came from our ad buyers and Backbeat Media. Uh, They're surveying the shows um, that they represent, including five of them on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. And if you respond to this survey, you are eligible and entered to win one of several $50 Amazon gift cards. Remember, that isn't, that isn't an instant win. If you respond, you are eligible to win, and you'll be entered based on your uh, survey entry. So make sure, tell them what you think. Tell them what you believe. Tell them your truth about what you think about their advertising, their advertising spots. That's what it's for. Uh, as a uh, kind of pseudo-former marketer, it's important for them to know these things so that they they craft their media to you. Um, one thing I want to bring up, Ashley, before I jump into the recap. Yes. Because I, I'm sorry that I take so much time talking about these things and not hearing your lovely voice. <laughs> what is the one thing that uh, you're looking forward to talking about regarding Star Trek Day on the back half of our show? Oh, my goodness. There were so many awesome things that came out. I think the thing that I'm most hyped for, and we did mention this a little bit before we started, um, is the Strange New World stuff. It's so exciting. Um, I've been a fan of Anson Mount since Hell on Wheels Day, where he stars with another Star Trek alum, Colin Meany, but I am so hype on his pike, and we get like a little pike Easter egg in this episode too, so that's probably the thing that I'm most excited to fangirl out about with you. Yeah, I'm super excited to get to that in the back half of the show because I know that uh, there are a lot of fans that didn't get a chance to express their Star Trek Day enthusiasm in between shows. So we have a great opportunity to do that later on. But for now, let's kind of like jump into the recap and see where we are with this week's episode with an embarrassment of duplers. So let's duple this. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm rolling my eyes at my own copy. <laughs> I love it. I stand. I'm here for it. <laughs> Captain Freeman and the crew of the Cerritos. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing the hair thing. I'm doing the hair flip thing. I have to. It's obligatory right now. 
Okay. Okay. I see. You're trying to get on the cover of a romance novel. I greenlight it. Yeah. I'm looking for a free conditioner. Captain Freeman and the crew of the Cerritos are heading to Starbase 25 to attend one of Starfleet's finest galas. Right after they drop off their highly unstable Dupler emissary. It's been tense on the ship because the Dupler rays can spontaneously replicate if they become emotionally unstable. But Captain Freeman and her officers have treated the emissary with the kiddest of kid gloves and all is going according to plan for the captain. Watch this space. Meanwhile, on the cargo bay, Boimler and Mariner are enjoying an evening together, stacking crates to and fro, and passing the time with their usual banter. Boims admits to having a perfect clone of himself on the Titan, and faster than a duple can subdivide, Mariner hatches a brilliant plan. To get into that elite Starfleet party, Boimler must pose as his Titan doppelganger and bring Mariner in as his number, <clears throat> I mean, plus one. In the mess hall, Tendi and Rutherford are putting in some fine engineering work on Rutherford's scale model of the Cerritos. There are a few strange notes that he left for himself during a prior build, causing his engineering OCD to kick into overdrive. Speaking of overdrive, Captain Freeman accidentally insulted the Dupler emissary on the bridge, and this is where the real fun begins. The Dupler emissary became so emotionally distraught, he cloned himself again and again and unleashed an embarrassment of Duplers all over the Cerritos. Finally arriving at Starbase 25, Becky's past in the form of a con alien named Malvis forces her and Boimler to smuggle a fistful of data shampoos across the station, along with an unspinout crate of Klingon disruptors. And in the typical Blues Brothers chase montage, I mean, i.e. through a series of glass-walled retail stores for the hilarity of smashing through buildings and the Starbase aviary, Boimler and Mariner manage to evade the fuzz while barely ruffling a few avian feathers and raising only one Vulcan eyebrow in the process. Fascinating. They finally make it to the party, but only Boimler is allowed in, stranding Mariner behind at the local bar, wallowing in her own abandonment. Paging Dr. Miglimo. Back on the Cerritos, Tendi and Rutherford have their hands full of that gorgeous XXL edition of the Cerritos, complete with an integrated lighting kit and trying to avoid being crushed to death by the tidal wave of duplers filling every nook and cranny of the station, including the bridge. Initializing a miniature warp core breach, the two intrepid model makers escape being crushed by an embarrassment of duplers and figure out that Rutherford isn't lesser than he was, but rather built in fail-safes on the model so he can... And so he and Tendi can always have something to problem solve together as only besties can. In the bar, Boimler returns, uh, I'm sorry, in the bar, Boimler reunites with Mariner and reconciles their differences. She's mad he left for the Titan, and he's sorry for the way he left. And to really cheer them up, the bartender tells them about another couple who also got kicked out from that party once upon a time and landed exactly where Boims and Becky sat at that very instant. Looking down at the counter, they bask in the awe of two carved names joined together as only besties can be, Kirk and Spock. The captain has had enough and yells at the emissary to grow up. And with that, the Dupler cloning process began to reverse their biological polarity, who writes this stuff, allowing the captain and her officers to finally make it to the party and get kicked out because they don't have the rank high enough on Starfleet's hoity meter. Oh, well, it's meat on sticks. It is. And in the end, the crew of the Cerritos reunites in that most reference-laden of pubs on Station 25, 
basking in the knowledge that it doesn't matter if they will ever be in the company of the Starfleet elite. What matters most is that they are all there for each other and their own number ones. But it's always nice to crash a party, even though it was the Dupler emissary whose epic level of discomfort caused him to tidal wave level duplicate and literally crash the party and the windows and the bar and the glasses and Okona outrageous. I know. The end. I, I really should be stopped from writing anything uh, at all. Hard disagree. <laughs> I mute myself so I can giggle the whole time through. So I'm a fan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But it was a fun episode. Um, let's, let's kick into some of your thoughts. How did you feel about this episode? Kind of like what stood out to you? I start this. That wasn't even written. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. So who's the professional here? It's Norman. I I thought this episode started out, uh, dare I say, kind of silly. And I know people are screaming into their cameras and their phones right now going, what did you expect? But it ends so sweet and so lovely. It wound up being one of my favorite episodes. I do think the Duplers are super cute. I would buy a a dozen tiny little Funko figures of them. Super, super fun. Like Mm -hmm. how people buy the little tiny um, Green Martians from Toy Story. You you have to have an army of them. So I would like an army of Duplers. my favorite thing, I think, was the insult that your paw is weak coming from <laughs> our former guest, Mr. Shrax himself. Shrax himself. Yeah. Oh, boy. All over the place today. I'm That's okay. rushing it. <laughs> uh, and then my favorite Easter egg, though, was did you notice there was a lore amongst the datas? I, I'm sure there was. I There just, was. I, yeah. Right. You know, it's like it's like a special. If you buy like one case, or like for every thirteen cases, there may be kind of like an elite level shampoo bottle, the lore, like you know, variant. It's like the chase figure. It's the chase figure. It's exactly the chase figure. So I want to um, be completely honest with the listeners. I cut out an entire section that literally referenced Rutherford's ship as a triple X Eagle Moss model. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, though. I thought I that was, I thought the idea that it was a model was so cool. And and you and I have done merch quarter like every single episode together. So mm-hmm. now be, I think because of this episode, we're finally getting a Zeritos. Finally, finally, finally. And it was so cute to see it exist in universe. I know. And even the packaging, like the packaging of the Deep Space Nine that mm-hmm. uh, Tendi gave, that's l- very similar to the packaging that they're actually advertising more like the Cerritos and other upcoming ships. So I'm like, nice merchandise tie-in, if that isn't a coincidence, but I'm pretty sure it isn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I it's, if it is a coincidence, then it's truly magic, but it's, it's way too smart. It's way yeah. too smart on a huge brand for it to not be. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. You have some funny notes here. Uh, how about a few more before we jump into the first call? Oh my gosh. It's because I rewatch them and I just write everything that comes into my brain. I was taken aback by the fact that there was no teaser this week. We went right into the opening credits, which are some of my favorite track credits. Like legitimately, I think the score is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, Scants. We right? love scans. <laughs> uh, we got a Dabo joke. We got a Quarks joke. I am the diehard DS9 fan. So those went right to my heart. Oh, yeah. And then Vulcans, Vulcans, Vulcans. Fascinating. Fascinating. Like, I think mm-hmm. 
I think the punchlines were so so good in this episode. And I know that uh, everyone's mileage may vary on the humor and the jokes, but I think because of the setting, it really, really worked this episode. Yeah, my favorite things were like the small things, you know? And of course, like Lower Decks is probably most known for now how many references that you can pull out of either a background panel or a piece of dialogue. I mean, it literally is kind of like the Where's Waldo of Star Trek right now. Oh yes, John's uh, favorite thing. (laughs) like seeing all the all the references but here's the one thing i do love i i did love the fact that like right underneath the doomsday machine in the bar was cochran's phoenix i'm like talk about like juxtaposing like two completely (laughs) different universes you know and then you had like a mourn type you know he was completely like passed out in the back it was just one of those things where yeah a bar on a star base would have like memorabilia like hard rock cafe or deep cut comic book reference Planet Krypton. You know what I'm Hell saying? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think we should roll in uh, right into our first caller. He's a man that uh, everyone knows has probably the greatest wit and memes that we've seen so far, at least today. Let's uh, say hello to Alan. What's happening, Alan? Oh, my goodness. You, 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 you flatter me, sir. You flatter me. Um, oh, then uh, you misconstrued <laughs> everything that I was saying. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he can- I was going to go full George Washington. He cannot tell a lie. It is, it is an honor to be to be with you again uh, tonight, Norman and Ashley. It's so good. Um, the honor is mine. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do have, I do have one small correction, and I don't want it's it's not anything that you could have anticipated. So how don't, dare you? Don't dupler. No, oh, don't dupler. Dear. Don't dupler on me. But this is gonna it's, correct me and hurt my feelings. It's no, so no, it's it's a it's a completely understandable problem that happens. <laughs> they don't all like the time. me. What am I gonna do? They don't it's, like me. He's saying it's okay. That's what you say when it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Simonis. Oh. <laughs> but if I could be any, if I could share a name with any i said his name character. wrong what am i why gonna not, do why not spawn you know <laughs> i would I be, dig it man i would be thrilled to be associated with a undead. i don't know man he gets the run to the <laughs> stick oh, in yeah. a lot yeah. of situations it's, yeah you know it's, uh, yeah uh you don't want spawn's complexion i can no. guarantee you that no 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 he, uh, i mean yeah, unless he it's had... the movie because michael j white is a very very handsome gentleman <laughs> yeah, he's he, Michael he J. Fox, if you ask me. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. yeah, he and Deadpool can uh, share uh, <laughs> skin tips, but uh, but yeah, you think this episode? I, this no, uh, just overall. Um, no this this episode <laughs> was this episode was dope. Um, yeah, it was I, Dopler. I, yeah, Dopler. Yes. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. I just kind of want to ditto your sentiments about a lot of what what you've already said. Um, Yeah. It's just sort of like a little, it's, it did, it started off silly, but it had that really nice emotional depth to it. It worked out really well. And I found that there was a really excellent sort of parallel between the, the Dupler situation and sort of the underlying uh, tension, I suppose, that's been uh, in the Mariner-Boimler relationship ever since he came back. It's like, 
you know, everything's cool, everything's cool, everything's cool. You're abandoning me? Boom! Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely, like, you know? abandonment issues going on. I'm not, I don't want to yeah. say that flippantly, but I think there is some, um, you know, underlying uh, resolution that needs to be kind of figured out. And maybe... You know, now that's why I threw in the whole like paging Dr. Migley move because yeah. I don't know if we need a, you know, a, a ship's counselor or just they maybe they just need to kind of figure it out. Like Tendy and Rutherford are figuring it out, right? Like Tendy's always saying, like, no, Rutherford, the reason why that you need help is because this is what besties do. They're coming together. And uh, Becky and Boyms, not so much yet. Not, not Becky so and Boyms. <laughs> Becky with the oh. good hair. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, what did you think of those scants, dude? Sure. What did you think of those long, like formal scants? That's all I got to say. I, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with a scant. Um, I, I can't say that I've ever tried one, but I'm, you know, why not? You know, it's the 21st century now and the 20 fourth century by the time it this show comes around so go go for it i say you know let you know let your legs fly free i'm demanding like the formal scans to be like at the next convention i don't know how fast that needs to happen but make it so Uh, or make it s-e-w will you be wearing one that's the real question if I could sew, I would. If I could actually do anything creative, like with my hands, you know, aside from you know shadow puppets, I totally would. Um, I know a couple people that might be able to help me out. You know, we have some great cosplayers in the uh, in the Mission Log family. So, um, <laughs> Alan, if you had to choose like your favorite either reference or moment um, for for this episode, what would it be? Well, it's been it's been bandied about. Uh, I know I'm not the only one to make to draw this comparison and it's not even to star trek but how can you not watch the chase through the station and not think of the blues brothers right um i you know back in high school i know this will probably shock people but i was a band nerd hey <laughs> me too what did you play <laughs> i i played euphonium Oh, so you were one of the cool guys. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I see. Wow. I see. That's that's a charitable description. I was a flautist, <laughs> so we were you know, everyone who sits in the front row, flautists, clarinetists, oboes, you are the boring people who pick the easy instruments. Everyone who's Aww. further to the back with the complicated instruments or the percussionists, <laughs> those are the coolest people in the band. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Well, <laughs> Certainly, certainly the uh, the ones paying the least attention. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who can count. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think there's sort of like um, a musical, and you know, also growing up in the Chicago area, there's sort of like that music Chicago connection to that film that you just love, and uh, you know, we I remember we took a band trip to uh disney and universal studios and literally my group of friends just followed the blues brothers uh stage show act all around universal studios and just just kept seeing their show the entire time so i mean just you know 
all they needed was like the new Chevys are in this year. <laughs> and a couple orange whips. You know, one orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, yep. three orange whips. Um, thank you, Alan. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know. I wanted to let you know. Thank you for calling so much. Uh, you know, I wanted oh, yeah. to, um, uh, cause I, I have to kind of like move. We have, I'm like reading so many different screens right now, which is why I'm kind of like a little flummoxed. I usually don't get flummoxed, um, but maybe it's because it's all right. We have so it's many o- callers. It's okay, Norman. Don't worry about it. You're doing a good job. You're a very good host. That's what you they know, say. Everything's, everything's not doing good. A good job. <laughs> anyway, Alan, thanks so Damn much it, for calling Norman, in. Just kick I me appreciate off the show. <laughs> just kick, kick me off the show. show. Kick you off the show for wearing You're a Star Wars shirt on a Star Trek show. show. <laughs> How dare you? I'm going to gatekeep you off of our call. So, <laughs> what <laughs> thanks, is this, Alan. Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, talk to you later because we got to get the next call coming in, and that is going to be Bye. one of again one of our uh, callers is and friends of the show is an expert cosplayer. Maybe you can help me do the whole formal scant thing when uh, the time comes. Uh, what's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. I heard you were paging Dr. Muglimo. I had to rush oh, over from dinner. You did. To, to ah, dinner. okay. Uh, yeah, uh, my, my one conceit is that uh, most of the stuff that I, I, I do, my mother does, my mother really gets the credit here, is uh, it's crochet. So if you enjoy having a very heavy crochet scant, I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it depends because, you know, it's Chicago, so Chicago is going to be a little cooler that time oh, of year in right. April. Yeah, it could be kind of like a, a, a thermal. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, thinking one step ahead. No, so, but um, yeah, thinking of what you were talking about, um, how sort of Boimler and Mariner are reconciling or not. I think they I think tonight was kind of like the first step is they sort of had their sort of big, you know, fight have it out in this sort of moment at the end of the bar where they carve their names and they have the whole sweet and morning of them being number one is that sort of beginning to reconcile and i think we're going to see in the back half of the season them sort of deal with it more but yeah i think they're i think they're on the road i think kendy you know obviously are better at this because i think that's just their jam is just hanging out um but no i think they're on the road i think they're getting there i have hope yeah i think so i think you can't have two uh, similar kind of like uh, conciliatory stories going on at the same time or else it's like flipping from one story of the same narrative to a story of the same narrative. I don't know, Ashley, do you think that's that's good that they're balancing it that way? I do think it was good for the sake of this episode. I will say based on the trajectory of the season so far, I sadly no longer think uh, Tendi and Rutherford are going to kiss. Now I think Mariner and Boimler are going to kiss. That definitely feels like the pivot that we've taken this season. If you want to see that happen, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, are, you, are you doing I, this a la Skulder I, and Molly, uh, uh, Molly and Skulder? I, I don't. <laughs> Skelly I don't, and no. but I think it might. But I will also say that, like, in the early seasons of Enterprise, they're definitely pushing a Paul Archer thing, and then they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And, you know, no. we pivot later. Um, so I, it's not it's not my jam, but I've been surprised by stuff before. And I think, I think it was nice after the last two episodes to kind of see the classic pairings together. We got to see... Uh, Becky and Boims, which is now their shipper name back together. And Rendy, I suppose, for <laughs> Rutherford and Dendy. <laughs> but overall, I thought as an A and a B story, I thought they worked in a, a very nice complimentary way. Yeah, I like I like seeing uh, resolutions, obviously, mm-hmm. because, you know, we didn't have uh, Boimler for the first couple episodes. You know, he was doing his thing. And I think that I think that Mariner's jealous of of where he could have gone, right? I think that 
You I mean, yeah, I think I think there's a couple things. I think there's, as we've talked about, the fact that Mariner has sort of cut herself off in the past from making friendships, and now mm-hmm. she's like afraid of losing that. But I think also going back to like season one is she sees like the ghost of Christmas future in Boimler, just as she saw it in her girlfriend, whose name I'm forgetting from that one episode. But I think like she. Sees oh yeah. She was yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I like her. Uh, but I think I think that's another I think it's part of the complex sea of emotions that Mariner's having is that she's losing this friend and also knowing that she like could have gone with him in a sense, but has chosen not to, which I guess goes back to the self imposed isolation thing. But yes, she is many facets that can Mariner. Yeah, I think we're going to maybe eventually see that episode, you know, the origin story episode, per se, when there's like there's always an event that's that somebody endures and they either have to leave or distance themselves from and she said that she was you know stationed on deep space nine she said that she's lived in certain all these different places we're obviously seeing a little bit shady of a past since you know the people that they ran into on the star base were kind of shady you know mm-hmm. a, a crime element on a star base you know uh, smuggling you know contraband uh well shampoo and conditioner i bet you Laura's a conditioner that's what i need yeah, Lore. for sure, because he's smooth. How about this? L'Oreal. Stop it. TM. Put that on. <laughs> That's going to be at the next uh, Star Trek celebration. Let's do that. Um, one last thing, Chris. Um, what was your favorite moment or reference or you know, uh, piece of dialogue? Like something that everyone has one in a Lower Decks episode. Like mm-hmm. I know they have many, but there's one that kind of like rises to the top. Um, what would that be for you in this episode? Let's see. I think if I was going to pick a favorite joke, it's the when they walk by Quarks and she says, that used to be a lot where teens make mistakes. That's my favorite <laughs> joke. And I think my favorite like actual dialogue moment is Rutherford's little speech at the end where he sees all, he's, very, he's almost heartbroken that he cannot be who he used to be. And I think Eugene Cordero had a wonderful voice performance. When he almost, he like snaps at 10. He's like, I can't, I'm not, that's not who I am anymore. I think that's probably my favorite like moment. But also teens making mistakes in lots is also very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you got to be forgiving and kind of like embrace your new self. You know, um, I think that there's that uh, morals, meanings or message of, uh, of being able to reinvent yourself because maybe the newer self is, is the you that you're supposed to be as opposed mm-hmm. to the you that you thought you were. Um, and the thing is that Tendi has this great um, ability to kind of s- step back and and forgive him if he's not forgiving himself. And that's what friends do, right? That's what Boimler and Mariner are doing for each other. Like Mariner can't get past something. And I think Boimler can step back and say like, sure, I was wrong, but I need to find like what is really eating at her. It's not just me. It can't just be me, right? Because I think that she was like this before me. So that kind of distance and perspective and being able to see it from a bird's eye view is a really interesting way um, that uh, something as hyperkinetic as a cartoon like this is can actually really focus on from a real-world human um, emotional perspective, I think. That's I, think I think you just literally blew our minds <laughs> that we're like, yeah. You have these moments. Sure. I have fumbled the ball like, like uh, verbally like most of this episode. I need to come up with something good. 
Uh, I think you and I are definitely in a contest for that. But I, I keep, as I listen to you and Chris sort of discuss Mariner in this episode, it reminds me of like when you you like mourn something that never was, like that person that you never dated. And you look back and you're like, oh man, I can't believe like we never dated. And I didn't think that Mariner was going to get a lot of growth maybe ever in the course of the series. And it's kind of cool to see her because I feel like in season one, she was a little more stationary than the rest. So the real question is, who is the number one and who is the number two? Oh, that is uh, that takes a lot of counseling for that. Yeah, (laughs) takes a lot of counseling for that again. Uh, we, you know what, Chris, you may have to put the, the doctor cosplay on standby because maybe next episode things may be coming to a head. You never know. Exactly. Right? I know. I mean, he was there in the bar, uh, Negro spotting. He was there. He the was yeah. he's always there. Outside. Right. He's, he's always, always watching. watching. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's got his pad constantly taking notes, but no, he was there in the back. Chatting up yeah. Benson Barnes. Good for you. Which was Good nice. You, yeah. I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool. Because you, you saw that little tuft of green kind of like sticking out like in the background. I'm like, ooh. He is literally like taking notes on everybody at the bar. In vino veritas, as they say. I bet he's I, a character model that the animators are like, this is too fun to waste. We got to put him in everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, Chris, you heard my warning, right? When we were on Sunday morning together. <laughs> All right. Yes I, to- yes, I told Ashley about that. She uh, she got a great yes, kick we, out of it because she knows I, that I, I'm. I had the privilege of seeing Ashley in the in the 3D space the other day. Seriously, dude, you, you yeah. have that on, you have that on speed dial? <laughs> Heck yes! I also fully uh, when I I told Norman the story too um, off air, but when I saw Chris without his consent, threw myself into his arms. I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> and then we learned that we live really close together. I know. So it's so exciting. We have to like go have beer sometime or something. So many wounds. So many wounds. Oh my god! I don't know how to deal with this. I think I'm gonna have to get to our next caller. Um, <laughs> well, so let's see. Like uh, Alan, he made me duple, and then uh, Chris basically made me duple. Uh, again, so I don't know if there's enough room here for my giant ego and all of my giant ego duples. <laughs> so get off my call. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Good seeing you, my friend. Yeah, see you, man. All see right, you enjoy. Soon. Okay, Paul, don't don't duple me, man. Right? Here you go, Norman. Welcome, you need one. Of, you need one of these. Oh, I want it. I don't have the I don't have the skill to put that together. You put together Death Star destroyers, man. Well, this thing is going to be on the list soon, but this is what the box actually looks like. And it shows you, this is like from about six years ago. They've, they've done it since, but I was amazed as a model builder, how much fun this episode was, yeah. you know, having the lights and here's how big of a geek I am. When you look really close at, they said, Oh, look, they got a little Mariner and Boimler in there. Mm-hmm. She is actually doing this with her hands in the, in the model. So you have to do that kind of thing, right? If you're going to make a perfect model. Were you thinking like polar lights when they were starting to like take that, like when, uh, when Rutherford was starting to take the panels off, I was like, Ooh, let's put a little polar lights uh, lighting kit in there. Actually, you know, that kit looks exactly like the Eagle Moss kit of the D the way it comes apart. That's- I wanted to get to that in my yeah. script, but I didn't feel like I wanted to go there too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what it looks like because it comes across in pieces. I mean, if it was a Polar Lights kit, you'd have to glue it, and oh, it's it's just crazy. Now, um, wait a minute, I got to try this effect. You're you're starting to annoy me. There I am. Oh, uh, oh my god! Oh my god! It's duple. It's duple. 
<laughs> oh my god. Well, it's either it's either you're dupe learning or I'm turning into Seth Brundlefly. I, I don't know, like either the two. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that was fantastic. It's prop night at the Harvath House. <laughs> so good. Okay, so I don't want to stick on too long. I know you got some incredible callers coming, and you guys have been so emotional. But I, I got to bring up just two amazing people who showed up. Uh, Shelby, of course, yeah. with whatever the number one was. Captain Do we know what, Shelby. What was Captain Shelby's number one? What was that character? Do we know? Number two. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know. But <laughs> but know. for the for the old folks, we gotta talk about Boothby. Oh, for sure. Like that's what I thought. Is that like did you think that? Is that a a thing? Is that Boothby? Oh, absolutely. It's gotta be Boothby. Well, okay. I, I'm I'm not dead yet, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, thought I, it was just, too. I thought for sure it was Boothby, right? Who else would it be, you know, raking up stuff that, you know, of course it's not Starfleet. Yeah, know, it's Academy not Academy Booth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe you got transferred. Who knows? It was um, very Boothby esque for sure. Yeah. And and the, the doctor has got the most incredible lines. When they <laughs> wanted to know what got stuck where, that's number one. And the second <laughs> one is where she just <laughs> out the duplers, right? Whatever yeah. she said was very effective. So high points for the doctor. I think um you know, we when we have her, if we ever have her back on, maybe we can ask her what she would have said. I think that'd be that would be priceless. I think uh, we're going to have to pull the unedited, unexpurgated John Champion uh, request for that edit and see what happens. Yeah, I just I think that would be priceless to see what she would come up with. You know, in actual actual words. So I'm just wondering upon, if they give her like a, a curse- like a full script, right? You know, she has to like just blow through a full script and then just edit her out. I think. Sounds- Upon a cursory Google search, the internet thinks that Shelby's number one is called OG Kelpian, and I know that's not their name, <laughs> but that is all that Google will yield me in answer to Paul's question. <laughs> and and have you mentioned the, of course, the biggest character of all, the outrageous Okona? Oh yeah. Okay, he, you didn't was, mention him. Okay. Yeah, well, he was. Well, he was like he was rolling the fat beats. You know it was I mean? awesome. He was like, he was like a producer extraordinaire. <laughs> not, he had his producer pad. I just wanted him to start. Like, yes, the fat beats. And we're, talk, we're not even like using the F. We're using the P-H-A-T beats. I think I'm too Caucasian to be able to say that with any authority. Or Canadian. Well, I, yeah, true. <laughs> oh, wait, she's Can-American, okay? Or American-Canadian. Yeah. Either one. As many, no. as many, um, uh, I can't think of the word right now. <laughs> Never mind. All, <laughs> all, but all we know is that, yes, he was, he was rolling some heavy thunder. You know, yeah. in <laughs> and and uh, last point is uh, this was so good. I've watched it three times. My wife and I watched it twice in a row. It was the ending was so amazing when when mm-hmm. they, you know, put in the, the initials into the desk. So, you know, hats off. Great episode all the way around. So enjoy your show, guys. Keep it up. I wish right. I was in California. So I got to see Ashley live. But maybe someday. You never know. Hopefully someday soon. Oh, we don't get those calls. Only Chris gets those calls. We don't get those calls. I don't know why. <laughs> it's yeah, Chris is living the life, man. It's he's, a West Coast, he's, East he's Coast thing, man. The mission log rock star is what Chris yeah. is. So <laughs> right, cheers, guys. When, that's what happens when you wear Migly Moo. All right. And uh have some blood wine. Ah, kapla. <laughs> kapla. All right. Paul always Thanks, has Paul. a sick drink. <laughs> I do believe, Ashley, uh, we have a first time caller. Please correct me if I'm wrong, and please tell me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Sherry or Sherry. Um, honestly, either one is fine. Um, Ooh, I got choices. Uh, <laughs> and then people get mad at me because I tell them that. 
because they have oh. flexibility. I don't understand. Like, and then people get mad if you get mad if your name is pronounced wrong. So I don't understand. That's what they say when they win. don't want to tell you what their name is. Oh. <laughs> How are you? Welcome to the show. Ah, uh, doing all right. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was just thinking. Um, as long as you don't call me Cherry, because I am not a fruit. Um, Do you get that a lot? That's unfortunate. Sometimes, yes. That I'm like, no, that's. I'm there, sorry. There's two different pronunciations <laughs> that are fine. I am fine with either. Um, but that's one that it. No, no. <laughs> Do people sing the Four Seasons song to you? I hate that one. I'm, I'm pretty yes. sure that's kind of yes. old, right? Yeah. Does everybody yeah. just go ma chérie when they're hitting on you? I like that one, though. So I I would respond to that. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> oh, I'll put my boyfriend over there. Well, like, uh, he so doesn't like, have to know. We like the background that you got there. Obviously, you're a Lower Decks fan. So how did you feel yeah. about this episode? Um, I uh, liked it. Um, although I did feel like I don't know what I because I can't put my finger on it and like I don't like to be negative because I really do love this show but there was something I just felt like there was something missing there was something okay not quite there and also when I give critiques I, I usually like to be able to say like it was this thing this is what was bothering me but I just can't because like on paper everything about it is good mm-hmm. um like I mean the Duplo thing is like a little bit silly and maybe that was what was kind of I mean, I like the silliness of the show, so I don't know why that would have bothered me. Maybe it just wasn't meaty enough of a, like a, a joke or something. I don't know. Um, Sometimes but, these things land yeah. differently, you know, like um, you could watch it again, like about a week or month or a year later. You'd be like this. I don't know what was my problem with this episode. This episode was hilarious, but sometimes comedy is like that. You know, it, it lands <laughs> either immediately or it doesn't at all or maybe later. I've read uh, like like uh, reviews online where people are like some people are feeling the same thing. They're like, I just I just don't know what it is, but it just wasn't it just wasn't that lower decks you know quality that I like from week to week. <laughs> and like you said, it was all on paper, all on board, yeah. but it just and it was one of the it was actually one of the few episodes that did make me like completely like chuckled. I don't usually have much of a reaction to a lot of things even if i find them funny i'm just like "Hmm." (laughs) uh, she's a stoic viewer yeah Yeah. the tiny computer voice when it was gonna self-destruct i love (laughs) that i love that that was adorable oh my god it was hilarious right i was like what's going on here i'm like oh yeah like miniature ship obviously miniaturized voice ejecting the warp core was like next level hilarious (laughs) but also incredibly smart that for me was such a perfect venn diagram of like when lower decks works what elements about it work really well right yeah and i i loved that part that part was great um and i actually um I think since you mentioned like the romance aspect, I actually don't think that they're going for a romance uh, with uh, Lower Decks. And I'm going to, I'm going to fess up to you, Norman, um, that I am definitely not a first time caller. I am, <laughs> I am lucky that Ashley is not sick of me by now. No, <laughs> I love you. Truly. Please call every, I think I, you've just only called when John's, yeah, I've only called when John's here. Yeah. And I really, really wanted to oh, call her. She's, she's a first time Norman. Call. So this is a very Norman special caller. moment where. All right, I'm gonna put this down in my nose. I only, I only called when John's here. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> He's gonna duple again. Watch out. I missed, I missed the first episode, which you did. And Everyone then, misses um, the first episode. And then the one, <laughs> the do? one that had the actor who played Shax. I thought about calling in, but I didn't want to like clog up the airways because I'm like, oh, but we want to give Shax all the talking because. Shax talks regardless of how how many but people are there. Awesome, and not. I didn't want to like. And I also like. I made the mistake of like starting dinner in the middle and being like, "It'll only take me a few minutes." And I'm like, "Oh, no, that it was." Yeah, yeah. It didn't okay. work out that week. <laughs> My heart only breaks once a day. So. That's why I called today, Norman. I was like, "Oh, Ashley's gonna be so sad because she's gonna have to see me again." But I really want to see Norman. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. I'm glad that we had a chance to finally talk. So when callers usually call in, unless they want to call in to John specifically or Ashley, not really, rarely me. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, was there something like specific about this episode? I always ask this question, like towards the end of of a particular call. Uh, what was it? about this episode that will stick with you is there a was there uh, a, something in the background yeah. a line a joke like i was saying about the romance thing i don't think they're going for a romance between um mariner and boimler since like i think they're I actually going not. for the whole <laughs> yeah me too i agree with you i think this is a smart show like you've said before and i think mm-hmm. they're smarter than that and i really hope it's true i think because they put their names next to Marin, like to, next to kirk and spock but that's the that's the dynamic oh. that they're setting up captain and number one and that's the question i wanted to ask you two is which one do you think is going to be the captain and which one do you think is going to be the number one so the best mm. leaders are always people who don't want to be leaders right like a great literary example of that is ned stark should have been the king of westeros but he didn't want it and i got his head chopped off spoiler alerts for game of thrones i guess um or even what? i guess I know. <laughs> I just saw Hamilton. So I'm going to make also the historical parallel right to George Washington, who eventually did step down and ceded power when he could have stayed in Latin America forever. So right. I think with that in mind, Mariner should probably be the number one. Also, I don't want it to be another show led by a white guy. <laughs> so I hope Mariner's the number one. Oh, you mean Mariner's the captain? <laughs> yeah, Mariner's... yeah, yes. That's okay. what I mean. I'm sorry. Because I was going to, yeah. yes, Mariner should be the captain. And then I think Boimler should be the first officer. Because also, can you imagine him being in charge of anything? <laughs> it would be hysterically bad. <laughs> he, would, he would be in charge of making sure that Mariner's okay. That's what yeah. he would be in charge of. You know, but the thing is, is um, I, I, I don't know why my mind went there and it, it, it may be different uh, next time I watch it, but it just went because I, I had a conversation about Kirk and Spock being kind of like the first slacks fiction ever. Right. So I saw Kirk and Spock and I was like, what are they alluding to here? Are they alluding to that or are they alluding to like it's Kirk? It's not Kirk and Spock. It was Kirk plus Spock. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you use the addition symbol for? Are they together like, you know, all you have to do is carve a heart around it, and it's basically a tree. Well, well, if you look at the slash pick. Right. Well, <laughs> true, true, true. yes, yes, yeah. they are. Right. Um, so, I mean, big missed opportunity naming that ship. I can't believe people call it Spurk because <laughs> the, other, the other one's right there. <laughs> but it's just one of those. I don't think, I think that they're trying to uh, establish just that these two will be together forever in one way or another in their lives, they're inseparable now because that's how much they mean to each other. Like Kirk and Spock, that's, those are like the, the, the building blocks, the DNA of Star Trek, you know, not necessarily the characters, but how those characters represent that infinite of friendship, right? 
which is amazing. You know, you're, we're all like so lucky to have one, maybe two, three people in our lives that we can depend on with that kind of that certainty. And that's Kirk and Spock. And that will be uh, Becky and Boehm's. Um, <laughs> and in yeah. the great literary tradition of yeah. foils, they make a functioning human being when they're together. And I think, uh, I think B and B are much the same way on Lord X. There you go. B and B make that a t-shirt. <laughs> I'd wear um, it. <laughs> Sherry, thanks so much for calling in while, when I was on the show. I do appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it's um very nice to meet you finally. Talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, don't be a stranger. Every time, anytime you're on, I will definitely put you ahead of Mike, who's our next caller. So, <laughs> you know. okay. Good to see you again, Ashley. Au revoir, ma chérie. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right, so. Anchoring out, let's see, I think we have maybe one or two more callers anchoring out the next call. We have Captain Mike. What's up, Captain Mike? Not much, Norman. How are you, sir? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, So you don't have, like, access to uh, the next flight out um, anytime soon to go to fly to L.A. to see Ashley, do you? Because I'm pretty much (laughs) exhausted with all of that attention that she's getting that's not me directly. I would love to. In fact, if I could, uh, uh, you know, um, arrange a meetup. We would uh, be out there uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, catch an all-nighter. It'd be, uh, it'd be fine. I'd love to go out there and hang around with you guys. Um, right. I noticed you mentioned maybe a get-together at uh, uh, a diner at some point. Maybe um, Cantor's, uh, you know, we might make that happen like later on, on Fairfax. But, you know uh, what I'm talking about. And Ashley knows do. what I'm talking about. She knows I Cantor's. Do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a couple of things for you. You know, uh, Norman. Um, yes, get it together, man. Stop being such a wuss. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sack up. This is ridiculous. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Not sack I, up. I, I need, I need to be more assertive. And now I, uh, I, I was going to try to get on here and, uh, and yell at you to get you to, to undupler eye aren't duplerized, but I can't even do it with a straight face. Dude, so I, I apologize. Sack, sack up is so bro. You just broed yourself out right there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's what I get for trying to ad lib. Um, That's so funny. But now I, I need to owe you a compliment. You said you don't have sure. skills. I saw what you did with that flip phone. That is, oh, uh, that is, that is mad skills. So I'm going to bring it out um, here on the, on the, uh, on the video feed here. So if you can see that, can you see that? Is it phasing? Uh, hold there it back is, a little ish. bit more. And we yeah, you kind of look like you're suffering from strange energies. I'm not going to lie. I am. All right. So this is just a regular old flip phone. Everyone knows what it does. Opens up. But uh, I use it very sparingly. But hey, why not make a flip phone into something that we've always wanted? Like totally, like, uh, you know, always, forever, in a day since it was first created. So I painted the, you know, the, the cover still, uh, gold. And now I have something that's cool to hang on my desk so yeah and uh and i like i think becky and boims is starting to grab a little bit of traction i gotta be honest ashley i like beckward um as my shipping name backward (laughs) backward i like that that's cute because he's a bradward right you have bradley's and bradwards he's a bradward cute names for people i don't want to kiss (laughs) but the only thing and i'll be real quick tonight the only thing i wanted to say is that on friday uh my daughter just left for college last week and we would oh, watch okay. Lower Decks Exciting. together. And Aww. we, um, I texted her on Friday and I said, hey, you having a good day? Or, you know, what did you do last night or whatever? And she goes, tried to get into a party, couldn't get in. So me and my friends just hung out. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? And she was like, no, that's really what happened. I was like, exactly plot line of Lower Decks. So <laughs> you just nailed it. I really thought you were kidding around with that. And I thought that was so funny. Um, I think I like hang out and find a really cool bar with cool memorabilia. 
you know, yeah. like the doomsday machine. And right. Jennifer Lewis as the bartender. Right. Oh, so fun. Um, but I think I got to agree, Norman, that you don't put a plus between two names without that sort of heart around it on a on a tree. So uh, I think that was <laughs> kind of funny. Um, loved it. But my favorite thing that that kind of got me really wrapped around the show was that last um, that last scene, just everybody in the bar enjoying each other, enjoying each other's company, knowing yeah. that they're exactly where they should be with the people that they like it or not love and, um, you know, appreciate being around. So uh, even though sometimes maybe you want to be at the cool kids table or you aspire to be uh on the titan uh in the long run you're better off being where you're supposed to be in this case i think they were all supposed to be hanging out at the bar with their friends and uh and uh right. being with their people and it's such like a enjoy jo- some shared street meat am i right hey yes. there's a there's an 80s i can't remember if it was an 80s it was an 80s film would basically say you know, we just need more food on sticks right yes exactly. Yeah, true. Because who doesn't love food on sticks? Well, look, look at that. We got street corn. That's food on sticks, right? Now we got, oh, you know, yeah. we had um, a kebabs that had food on sticks. So I'm just saying. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna out Lou a little bit because he held up a uh, oh I think it was a clipboard with lots of questions on it. Yes, that's it. That's the one right there. Um, so I will. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out if that's okay, and uh, and let Wait. and let my friend uh, uh, work through his uh, his clipboard with you. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling, Captain Mike, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. You and, got it. Uh, Thank you, sir. Appreciate Bye, it, Captain. Man. Okay. <laughs> we have another Captain, Captain Lou. What's happening, yeah. man? I haven't seen you in a while. So, do you have a question about Lower Decks or Star Trek? Do I have a question? Holy yeah. cow! All right. In All right. No order. Why was there no teaser, or did my network just not have it? I don't think there was a teaser. Okay. How does yeah. commandeering a light cruiser mean you're drunk? Um, ask Mike McCann. Oh, McMahon. Okay. Um, I'm, go- I'm good with lightning rounds, so keep, keep coming. Um, is Boimler so self-unaware when he's listing William's terrible traits that he doesn't realize he's talking about himself? Like, at all. Ever. Most people should ask that of themselves. I am not aware of that. <laughs> Um, How does Captain Freeman, who's supposed to be uh, aware of everything, not hear the elevator doors when she starts talking about the dolphin? They just put in new dampening fields on the bridge, so it's very sensitive. Okay. Uh, Was there an analogy between duplers and tribbles? Uh, No, that's good. Let's go with that. Because I made one. Let's hear it. (laughs) Okay. another funny face. Okay. Not not only did the duplers duplicate and replicate like tribbles, but the solution, uh, not the solution, but the um, the repopulating uh, uh, when uh, Fr- when Freeman beams uh, the dupler to the um, to the start. Oh to- yeah, it's kind of like what they did. It's yeah, very similar to what start what Scotty oh. did to the uh, to the tribbles and the Klingons. Good call. That's a good observation. I dig well, that. Right, everything's going to be downhill from here. <laughs> Somebody explain the Thai iced tea reference. I, I, I it was a throwaway that I. I it's just, delicious. Yeah. Uh, and it's very Californian. Yeah. Like uh, most of the things okay. in Cerritos, you know, you have street corn and you have, you know, tapas and you have the Cerritos name itself, California class, Thai iced tea. It all goes the together. Sequoia. That's exactly. the shuttle. Yeah. Do, so. do all do all cities smell like pee? Because the station that looks as big as a city, LA does. Why that's old. 
I, I've lived in a couple in in and outside of uh, the Big Apple and Jersey yeah, that yeah. are not the most fresh smelling in the world. I'll just say that. And uh, a couple of lines that to me what should have gone challenged, like like William's terrible traits. I didn't put put on underwear for nothing. When I say that, I get challenged every time. I can understand. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who Captain Exley is. Did I miss that? Captain Shelby, I got, but I don't know who Captain Exley is. You know, I'm I'm not the deepest cut reference person in the world, so um, I would appreciate a Google on that. That would be fantastic. Um, in the bar, and this is my guess, when they're drinking in the corner, does that not look like Morn passed out? I sure hope it is because they had a quartz there and maybe they kicked him out and he went to the other, he went bar hopping on Starbase 25. Yeah. yeah, Just the general shape of him. Yeah. Uh, Who orders a, is this an actual thing? A prune juice spritz? Oh, totally, man. That's totally Californian. It's totally California. I think that's also a Worf reference because Worf was always drinking. He never would have drank a spritz. Well, no, but but he's not, but he's also not Boimler. So I was thinking when when Boimler said that, it's like so. This is the way this is the way his hair is the way it is because it's purpley and spritzy at the same time. You know, very spiky and, and fresh and light and airy. Um, Exley, by the way, uh, only appears in this episode. Oh, you did Google? So, I did. Oh, it's one gosh, of my get... many marketable skills. <laughs> oh, you get one of these from. I did it for you. Thank you. Here's Hear that, Chris and Alan, <laughs> and and not Mike. <laughs> and I, I protest over, over Mariners insisting that Boimler as her number one has to grow a beard. Kira never had to do it. Who didn't have to do it? Just saying. Yeah, you thought I think I it's funny. Clock, yeah, you? wouldn't it be funny though to like, you know, I don't know, like um, there are Make so many talented it? artists out there to, to put an actual like beard on an animated Boimler. That would be hilarious. Maybe Somebody like Mirror Boimler. Maybe Mirror Boimler will have a beard. I think that'd be super cool, right? Just think, Mayor Boimler would have a beard and be slick as What kind ice. of beard, though? Like a Viking beard? Is it braided? Oh, no, no, no. It, it would totally be like, you know, Guys. it would be slick mafia style. Because actually, I actually kind of do because we're coming up on the hour mark. And I wanted to get to a couple things about okay. Star Trek Day. I dig, I dig your uniform, man. That looks cool. Is that a sweater? It was a gift. It was a gift. It was oh. a gift trivia show. Lucky you. That's fantastic. And I still fit into it. Well, you can't see the bottom half of it, but trust, trust me, trust me, I fit into it. That's okay. <laughs> we, we can we can Photoshop some in uh, muscles in there later. So actually, thanks, <laughs> Lou, for calling. I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> okay. you coming in, man. It was good seeing you. All right, you take okay. care. Bye. Okay. So I'm going to extend the show maybe for like five minutes a little bit because Ashley, I wanted to ask you one very pointed question. Yes. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's talk about. Your favorite thing, the one favorite thing that you can talk about, about Star Trek Day that happened last week. Ooh, um, I know I talked about Strange New Worlds at the beginning, mm-hmm. but it was probably because I've been thinking about it over the course of the show. I think it's probably the Prodigy stuff. This I'm, is why this is why you and I are. I know you're like you're my brother yeah. from another mother. <laughs> It's it's very it's very uh wh- what did Mike call it Brett Beckettmer uh, Bradward oh uh, Bradward, uh, Beckward Beckward mm-hmm. yep we're so like that I can't let you're finishing my sentences I want someone out there I'm tasking 
the listeners and viewers, I want a piece of art that's Ashley plus Norman, like it's carved into the bar top. Please. I can't, my so hands like can't Prodigy. make hearts because they look too weird. I'm thinking so. Prodigy too. I think Prodigy is going to be super good. And I think it's going to be like a really interesting, like new direction for Star Trek. And I think that's the way that Strange New Worlds, they're both like just really bright, really colorful, really just interesting looking. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully that these are the kind of like the two new directions that uh, fans that, that need these two shows will be able to uh, really appreciate. I'm also super biased. I love anything YA or all ages. And so mm-hmm. this is just like, it's Avatar The Last Airbender meets Star Trek. And I'm like, yeah, that's everything that I, as an adult woman, <laughs> want out of an animated TV show. Well, the interesting thing about animated shows is that it doesn't, like, it hits on so many levels if it's done the right way. So it hits on uh, a certain maturity level for younger kids who want to, you know, watch it for certain things. But if it's done right, this is why I love like Tom and Jerry and, and Looney Tunes, because when you're an adult, you get it, mm-hmm. right? You really get like what's going on. And it is, it, sometimes it's like really intelligent, really Trek, intelligent. Trek also about yeah. once a generation is really good at giving young people an entry point. And I think mm-hmm. the 09 movie regardless of anyone's opinion on it, was the last time we had that. And I think Prodigy is going to be that for a whole new generation of younger fans, which makes me so excited. Like, I want, I would, it would truly love it so much if we started to get, like, little children calling and being like, I really love Star Trek Prodigy. It's so good. Like, wouldn't but that be adorable? Janeway's would my be favorite. Great, right? <laughs> and it'd be like a very kind of like a family bonding show. Now, mm-hmm. do you think, did you feel the same way I felt about Janeway? And I don't want to, I don't want to say this uh, out of context or out of step, but I think she was the right choice because I always felt that Janeway was very maternal to her cast, to her crew. And I think that she's going to be even more so with this crew of, you know, they're not Starfleet. They're just, they're together and they need that, I wouldn't say a motherly force, but a very maternal, nurturing and, um, you know, and supportive force that sometimes you don't get from a male commander. also seen her lead a ragtag group of people who find themselves together, um, certainly of... The previous era shows, I know we're exploring that a little more in some of the new Trek stuff, but having to work with Maquis, I think she's going to be in a great position um, to take on this new cast. Also, I'm a little biased because some of my favorite voice talent is also highlighted in this show. Like, I'm give me more Jason Matsukas, please. Right. So obsessed. Uh, yeah, she's absolutely the right choice. And I think it is an intelligent way to showcase her. Um, and obviously Kate Mulgrew is very booked and blessed. And I think that it was probably easier to get her for this than to try. Like we, we didn't get a Janeway TV show, which also if they could greenlight at any time and I would love to see, but she's doing a million things right now. Like she's enjoying like a sort of another, I feel like, again, like Trek every 10 years, like Kate Mulgrew, everyone discovers how wonderful she is again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, um, people that are doing like big finish audio books, just because a character can't look a certain way. It doesn't mean that they can't still perform you know, the, uh, the voice acting, you know, that's also very much integral to their performance as that character. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with Prodigy and I'm totally on with Strange New Worlds. Um, I did uh, see a couple of things that made my kind of eyebrow arch in that very Vulcan kind of way. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't really want to get into it like too much for this particular episode. Maybe we can talk about it later on or you yeah. can, you know, you can, uh, you know, find me online uh, either on Mission Log Podcast know or on lounge lizard which is my twitter handle you can find me talking about it there actually where can our listeners find you 
on the you interwebs. can find me on the internet and you can send me cute fan art of lower decks at ashley v robinson the v is very important or if you're in los angeles or like can be close to los angeles i'm in a halloween play next weekend uh, you can come see it there's links in all my bios and i i'm not playing witch but i get to be in one with a witch so for me that's very exciting well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on these performances that you're getting. I'm sure that you're having a great deal of fun with that. And um, if I could hop a plane like a certain member of our crew could, um, out there can, I would deadhead that in a heartbeat. Uh, but I can't, so I'm going to have to, you know, hear about all of your great reviews from someone else in the crowd that can see you in L.A. Yeah. Not me, sadly. Uh, Ashley, as always, it's a pleasure having you here uh, co-hosting the show. Um, it was great seeing you again and catching up. And uh, we'll do this again sometime, pretty much in another week. <laughs> the well, other week, the other week. Another, another week, another week, right? <laughs> the other week, the other week, yeah. We got to let John have his time in the sun, too. I guess so. I it's guess only so. fair. Well, until next time, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here at Mission Log Live. And Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log and Mad Beats provided by the outrageous Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcasts. And if you would like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thank you to everyone who joined us live, who will join us later. And stay safe and stay healthy. We look forward to talking with you next week. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.